You're listening to the Scotiabank Market Points Podcast. I'm your host, Greg White. Market Points is part of the Knowledge Capital series, a collection of audio, video, and written commentary from Scotiabank Global Banking and Markets leaders designed to provide you with timely insights and analysis. Businesses are feeling more and more optimistic. While it's clear we're not out of the woods yet, several forces are at play to support a strong recovery. But as the economy heats up, inflation concerns mount. On this episode of Market Points, we're joined by Scotiabank's Scott Morrison, Managing Director and Head, Commercial Derivative Products and FX Sales, and Brittany Owens, Director, Commercial Derivative Products Group. Brittany and Scott share their insights from the business community and discuss the strong fundamentals behind the great Canadian restart. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Scott. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Greg. Thanks. Happy to be here today. Hi, Greg. Yeah, thank you for having us again. Scott, let's start with you. Your group initiated a, a bit of a barometer check with Canadian business owners. Uh, what motivated you to, to, to do that in the first place, and what were some of the insights they shared? We wanted to get a pulse of the nation from our business owners across Canada, because we're starting to hear consistent themes from them as far as the restart. We've gone through so many hard times in 2020, and have we made the turn, and are we looking to the future here as being positive? And we really want to understand is this for real? Is is the sentiment across the country consistent? Are the themes the same? And when we surveyed our clients, we did get the same themes. We do hear that a number of our clients feel that the, the future is bright, that we're going to get back to pre-pandemic levels by the fall of this year from an economic perspective. Companies are going to invest in their businesses, whether it be technology, digital capabilities, hiring new staff. And a number of our companies that we surveyed actually told us They feel that they're actually coming out of COVID stronger and their businesses will benefit from that. And and there's a lot of optimism in the market right now, which we've seen uh, over the past uh, couple of months here as we get closer to vaccines being rolled out here in Canada and the markets, whether it be interest rate, long-term interest rates moving higher, Canadian dollar strength, inflation concerns, all signs that the economy is starting to move higher, positive job numbers. Um, Despite all of the obstacles from the past and we can all agree that 2020 is a year we don't want to uh, we don't want to relive when we surveyed our clients again we talked to the business owners across the country three quarters of them feel very positive about their future in fact 25 percent of those clients feel extremely optimistic and half of those clients surveyed feel very optimistic they feel that they have uh, the ability to get back to pre-pandemic levels uh, very quickly here and we feel that as a whole the economy is really pent up and ready to go and to to really recover. That sentiment is is great news. Um, Brittany, what's behind uh, fundamentally uh, the, the economic good news? What is going to push the economy higher? What are the contributing factors? I would imagine it's not completely clear skies. There are still risks. You know, restrictions are still in place. There might be a third wave. Um, and, you know, we have to see. But if you take a bit of a breather and you look really high level at the drivers of growth and everything out there right now, um, it really suggests massive, massive economic expansion, first being fiscal stimulus. So this is something that's truly different between you know the 20, 2008 crisis we had and our crisis right now. Um, 2008 didn't have this fiscal stimulus that we're experiencing. Um, you know, em- Employment rates were really high. Businesses couldn't operate like they normally did. There were lockdown measures. And so as a result, governments put in place this extremely generous stimulus package um, for both businesses and households. We're seeing record increases in both non-personal and personal deposits. So I mean, I mean that's an increase 
increase in non-personal of around 200 billion and on the personal side at a, around 140 billion. So, I mean, you're talking about $350 billion in the bank accounts and hands of people and businesses that's really, you know, not supposed to be there. And that's something that's very substantial and that's going to leave their bank accounts at some point. Uh, could be, you know, to, to spend, to invest, to pay down debt, uh, a whole bunch of different areas, a whole bunch of different industries uh, that can be impacted. Um, but we know that during 2021, uh, these massive deposits are going to be spent into the economy, and that has the potential to drive up inflation. So the kind of question is, you know, what's going to, what is it going to take for that to happen? Well, you know, obviously we have to have stores be open, people have access to travel, people be able to spend money the way they normally do. And so when you look at, say, the second half of this year, we can be very optimistic that a lot of this pent-up demand in these sectors that have been very impacted by COVID are going to be able to, to, to be realized. And uh, that's, that's significantly unusual because normally when you're coming out of a recession, you don't see this large, large growth in deposits that we've seen. The other thing to keep in mind is the asset growth that we've also seen. And so, uh, you know, I'll start off in equity markets, for instance. So once, you know, it became clear that the vaccine development was there, we had a Biden presidency in, in place, the markets had a big risk on move. And it significantly increased uh, the value of those equities to, to, to this day. And we're still seeing that now. And equity as, yes, a source of finance for firms, but also it's a source of wealth. It's a source of wealth for firms and for individuals. Next, there's also the asset growth of the housing market. I mean, from uh, Charlottetown to North Bay to, to Victoria, you've seen house, housing prices across the across the country increase. And that, again, makes those households' balance sheets look better. They've got higher assets, and it makes people feel wealthier, and they get that confident, confidence that they can go out and spend that. Um, and so that's also going to drive that, that increased demand, that, that spending, and potentially that inflation. And then another big factor, uh, obviously the U.S. economy. They're our biggest trading partner. They're our neighbor. And right now, our Scotia economics forecast has them growing at a rate of 6% next year. And so when you say 6%, you might be thinking, oh, sorry, you probably mean a developing nation. Like you probably mean China. That's a China growth rate. That's not a U.S. growth rate. But it is. It's, it's, it's 6 to 6.5% that we're expecting there. And, you know, the, the government there has put in that massive stimulus plan, almost $2 trillion U.S. dollars. So that's unbelievably large. And it's going to have a big impact on the economic activity in the U.S. And as our biggest trading partner and a le leader in global growth, um, that's going to trickle through and obviously have positive effects on Canada as well. That's also going to drive my next point, uh, which is the commodities boom. And so we've seen already a large, large increase in, in commodities. And what's unusual about this one is it's not just your typical like oil prices. It's also hitting things like lumber. And so you're hitting it across the board, all types of commodities. As those prices rise, again, we become richer. We have more money to spend. Um, and, and it allows us to put that into use once the economy is back open again. Uh, very positive for Canada. Um, then there's also monetary policy and central banks. Um, so they're all signaling they're not in a hurry to raise rates and they, they, they are signaling they're going to be leaving those low. And that's, that's an anomaly as well. I mean, if you're, if you're talking about Canada and the U.S. to have 6% growth, typically you'd always hear that the Bank of Canada would be very eager to hike on the back of that. Um, but they're not signaling, signaling that right now. And as a result, you know, it shows that there's going to be a strong growth environment if, if, this, if these um, rates remain low. 
And then lastly, it's also fiscal policy. So again, it's still at play um, in the business community. We still have the wage subsidies there and we have rent relief. Um, and a lot, of the, a lot of these businesses now have figured out how to work in the pandemic. And so getting this relief right now is it's almost like gravy and again, extra cash for them to sort of uh, put out there and spend in, in, into the economy. And also the government in Canada has pre-committed to doing a hundred billion worth of investments in the next three years. Um, and that's going to be significant as well. You know, probably 20 to 30 billion of that is going to be announced in some type of investment this year alone, and that's going to stimulate that growth. So, you know, to summarize, we have an incredibly strong economic momentum here, um, and it's turbocharged by monetary and fiscal policy. And then it kind of has a cherry on top of strong asset markets, and that reflect just fundamentals by and large that give you a very, very strong picture of the growth potential into the future in Canada. You mentioned rates staying steady, uh, and the Bank of Canada recently indicated they're not looking to move the policy rate until 2023. But is there any risk that that timeline can shorten? Absolutely. And I think that's where clients right now can um, take significant advantage of the, of the situation we're in, in that they can be very proactive. And if they're looking at the fundamentals out there and they're being more forward looking and they're saying, yeah, okay, there's some negative news still to come for the next six months, but clear skies out past that. The clients that position themselves with that mindset and with that sort of view of the rebound of the economy that we're about to see, um, that's going to be really competitive for them. So um, I think they're going to come out of this and we've already seen it with clients that have entered into structures that have had that mindset already, you know, back in December, back when, you know, there's even more uncertainty. The clients that hedge now are in extremely beneficial positions for themselves. And so they're already capitalizing on that forward thinking, proactive view. And uh, and so I, I truly think that firms that, you know, take this view and, and understand these factors that are at play right now and that we're we're in a position we've never been in before uh, and, and use that to their advantage to, you know, reach out to their advisors uh, to stop and think about the high level strategy about where they see their business a year from now and how these can impact their own companies. And then, you know, talk to their advisors and figure out what's the best way to capitalize and, and to structure my company to be best positioned for this growth. Scott, what about concerns then? What did the business owners sort of outline as their primary concerns? The number one response we got predominantly from all of our clients that we surveyed across the country was interest rates. Secondly, was commodities. And thirdly, was currencies and, and specifically FX volatility. Um, when you look at the impact of interest rates on, on Canadian businesses, it has an impact on long-term debt costs, interest costs, and of course, even short-term line of credit operating line facilities that they might have. And and what's different about this this current situation than previous crisis? If you think about the financial crisis back in two thousand eight two thousand nine, that was that that financial crisis we had uh, the central banks flooding the system with liquidity so banks could lend. This situation is slightly different, where we've had we've had liquidity actually get to to the Canadian consumer and and to businesses as well by direct payments. And as Brittany noted. The savings rates have never been this high uh, in Canada before. And the question we all have is, how does that impact inflation long term? So if you think about where we are today, uh, we have interest rates in the five-year Canada bond yield, for example, went from 0.4% at the end of calendar 2020 to today, almost 1%. And we've had really no change. We're still in, we've still been in lockdowns. Uh, we're still not completely vaccinated here in Canada, and we're really all looking forward. And that's what the bond market does. It's always looking forward-looking. You look at the 10-year rates, that's the further out the yield curve. They've really moved. 
from 0.65 at the end of last year on an effective yield basis to to 1.5 percent just last week. So seeing big moves and steepening in the curve. And when you look at prime and and short term interest rates, they really haven't moved. Uh, So we talked about a previous podcast, the metaphor dealing with the fire from the business owners. And there's no fires to put out if you really hadn't been reading any headlines because your interest costs, if you've been floating, haven't gone higher. Now, if you were to go fixed right now, your costs are higher than they were back in December. Nevertheless, we're still really historically low um, when you compare it to, uh, to, again, previous levels that we were at just pre-COVID even. There must be a lot of hedging questions at this time from, from, uh, from your clients. I mean, how are you advising them with respect to, to timing this? I mean, yeah, I think it's a question on a lot of clients' mind as to when is the right time to hedge. And like, if you look historically, we have data, so you can say, you know, it's typically 1.4 years out, but this isn't historical situations. And this is uh, this is a restart to economy coming out of a pandemic. And so I think the, the important thing is to be prudent to do your, you know, sensitivity analysis and figure out if you're comfortable with your hedge levels and then um, and make the decision based on that not on, um, on, on trying to necessarily time it. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're in the budgeting and forecasting game here and, um, that's what we're here to help our clients do is just try to manage the risk. And when you look into your crystal ball, it's quite murky. So no one really has any idea where this is going to go, but we do know when you look at these interest rates, they're historically low and uh, there's a great opportunity to continue to, to remove risk from your business and focus on, on uh, on uh, variables that you can't control um, or or that are harder to control because interest rates, commodities, currencies, they're all controllable and able to be uh, hedged within uh, hedged away from your business risks. That was Scott Morrison, managing director and head commercial derivative products and FX sales, and Brittany Owens, director commercial derivative products group at Scotiabank. You can now find Scotiabank's market points on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And we want to hear from you. Please rate and review the show. Your feedback helps us improve the content we create for you. You'll find more thought-leading content on our website, gbm.scotiabank.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at ScotiabankGBM, as well as our LinkedIn showcase page under Scotiabank Global Banking and Markets. Please refer to our legal disclosures on our website. I'm Greg White. Thanks for listening.